Hey there. Oh, are we doing take three? I, you know what? Honestly, I've, I've lost track. Um, you know, at first it was like, hey, let's try this podcast thing. Let's see how it goes. And we've had, we, we, we've tried to do this a number of times. We've had technical difficulties because that's how the app likes to roll sometimes. And um, could be an operator error on my part. Not even going to lie. No, no. Here, well, here's here. I was thinking about this. I'm like, you know what? Because I, I, I typically like I have a, um, a calendar app thing that I use to, to schedule podcasts normally because I'm like, you know what? I want to have more than enough time so we can have a discussion. We don't feel rushed. And then just with kind of like how the day was today, um, I, I had a, a I had some time. You had some time. We're like, oh yeah, we'll fit a podcast in, and then like. <laughs> A bunch of silly stuff, including more technical difficulties, happen, and here we are. You, um, you are a podcast veteran, and if those of you listening want to know who you is, this is sweating until happy, sweating underscore until underscore happy underscore. I'm talking to Valerie. Hi. Hopefully. <laughs> no, it's someone totally different now. No. <laughs> Well, yeah, that that wouldn't that would that would just kind of complete the entire day, wouldn't it? Like at this point, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So now, and and you you are on going through the weight loss process on Instagram. You've um, see typically like I'd be like, tell me your story, but you you came on earlier. You were you were hitting on a number of different topics that I think are really really interesting about like. You know, actually being ready to, to lose weight and, and probably the biggest thing is really working on your mind in addition to trying to lose weight. So I'm not sure where you want to start with this, but I know that I'm going to sit back and listen. And those of you guys that are listening right now, you're, you're going to be really entertained. And Valerie has a great story to tell. So wherever you want to jump in, go right ahead. I'm trying to off with like the hours it's been because of scheduling difficulties and <laughs> things of that you know what if we tried if we tried to put that original those because we tried that twice yeah and we lost connection both times like if we tried to put that into one podcast i don't i like i just the first one i'm like okay we can probably you know cut some stuff out and make it seem pretty smooth but we're i'm sorry we're probably just going to start having a whole new conversation no no that's totally fine totally fine um goodness so my Basically, do you want me to start based from the beginning, like we had talked about earlier? Yeah, yeah, no, that, I think that would be a great place to start. Christmas of 2010, my sister got engaged. Uh, she's my older sister. And I had realized that, you know, my grandpa passed away the year. I was at my heaviest weight of 285 pounds. I'm only five, four and a half. That's a lot of weight on a small frame. Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be the fat bridesmaid. I was her maid of honor. I didn't want to be the biggest out of everybody. So I was like, you know, I'm going to try to do something. So I started to go to the gym and I think I probably lost 25 pounds for her wedding by August of the following year. And that was great. Um, I still wore Spanx under my dress. I was still very uncomfortable in a dress and in the wedges that I wore. Um, a month after that, my boyfriend at the time proposed. And I was looking back at my sister's wedding pictures and I was like, I don't want to look like this in my wedding. Um, so that was kind of where my, my journey began, um, getting healthy for my wedding and wanting to look and feel my best on my wedding day, um, which happened in September of 2012. And, and that was great. Um, I went from, I think I was probably in the 250 range beginning of 2012. By my wedding, I was down to 210. Um, I had used a meal replacement shake to help me get to that weight. And that was great. Um, then, you know, life kind of happens and, and I've, I call this new restart, which was January 1st, 2017, my third restart. Um, I had lost weight before I had gained it back. I had lost weight again in 2014 and I was very successful that year. I started that year at 246 and I ended that year at 193. And that was the first time in seven years that I had gotten under 200 pounds. That was huge for me. And I was like, I'm never going to go back. I'm never going to go back. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to do all the right things. I've been successful. Again, I was using meal replacement shakes for breakfast and lunch. I'm, I, I have this down pat, right? Like I, I knew what I, what I had to do and how I was going to yeah. do it. Yeah. January, 2016, I was 260 pounds. 
January 2017, I was 271.8. And at that point in my life, um, my husband and I at the time, we were wanting to start a family. We had moved from the Bay Area to Reno, Nevada, where I currently reside. And we were finally at the point in our lives where, you know, debt was paid off. We were living in a place that was much more affordable because who can afford the San Francisco Bay Area? Definitely not me. (laughs) Um, And I thought to myself, you know, I don't want to get pregnant at 271 pounds. I would easily be over 300 when I gave birth. I'd have a hard pregnancy. I would already have a hard pregnancy because I'm a cervical and ovarian cancer survivor. So I would already have a hard time being pregnant and staying pregnant. I didn't want my weight to be just another risk factor. Um, So that's when I got really serious. And I think that year of 2017, I went from 271 to about 249 in the start of 2018. Um, So not a lot of weight loss, but I am hypothyroid. So I do have something working against me in terms of weight loss. But I also never dealt with like the eating side of things. I was like, oh, I can run five miles and eat like an asshole and be okay. That's not how this works. <laughs> Quickly found that out. Um, so I am down about 56 pounds since my restart January 1st of 2017. Um, I've started on a new journey as of today. As you know, Daryl, um, I'm doing a 100 workouts and 100 day challenge with my coach. And I'm excited. I'm nervous. <laughs> um, I do have some travel coming up here in a few weeks. And trying to figure out how I'm going to fit all this in, but I've kind of just, I don't know. When I feel like whenever you start a new program, it's really easy to be super motivated, but it's more than just that. Like I'm, I'm really motivated. I really want this. I, I feel like everything is finally clicking for me mentally um, in terms of weight loss, in terms of the workouts, in terms of the nutrition, drinking water, not drinking soda, like just everything's kind of finally coming together. And here I am more than two and a half years into my restart but I'm finally getting it. Like I'm finally at the point, you know, where one bad meal or one cheat meal is not going to derail all of my progress. That's taken me a long time. I used to feel so guilty going to dinner and having a 1300 calorie dinner, say Olive Garden, like who doesn't love breadsticks at Olive Garden? Um, but I finally am at the point. Yes. The 13, the 1300 calorie soup and salad. <laughs> well, my, my, it's a great meal. My go All right. We're We're really getting, we're really good at handling this, by the way. Oh my goodness. Technology and I just do not get along. This is the problem. I think what's happening, it's weird. Like it gets to, we get about seven, almost eight minutes in and then it just, it drops. So I think that's what we're going to, we're going to (laughs) watch. If it drops, like if we make it to eight and a half minutes, we're going to celebrate, which I think is one, I think that's a huge part of the weight loss journey is you have to be celebrating the entire time, uh, yeah. focusing on on all the victories that are going on, not just what's happening on the scale. Um, but where we where we left off, and we can totally you know reminisce about this all night, is we're talking about the Olive Garden. What is your go to at the Olive Garden? My go to at the Olive Garden is chicken fettuccine Alfredo. I like the minestrone soup, and then of course breadsticks. So here's what's funny about the Olive Garden. And you'll see these commercials where they're like, yeah, have a meal now and take one home. I don't know anyone that eats at the Olive Garden and then goes home and is like, I want to eat more Olive Garden. By the time you get home, you're like, I don't want to see that place for another, I don't know, at least a couple of weeks. I don't think I've ever finished my actual like meal from Olive Garden. Like by the time I go through the soup and the breadsticks, I eat like seven bites of chicken fettuccine Alfredo and like I'm full. Yeah. yeah and then I come home and it'll sit in my fridge for a week and then I, it's, <laughs> it's a terrible, I mean, it's so much food. And that's a thing, like I used to be able to go there and I would eat the whole damn thing. Yeah. And then I'd feel like absolute trash for two days with all the all the extra sodium and the gluten and everything in my body. And then I was like, why can't I get my, you know, rings on and off my fingers? Oh yeah. Cause I just consumed 1300 milligrams of sodium. So one with the, you know, we talk about how you feel like it, what you feel like for the, the few days after you eat something like that. 
Um, and you were talking about how you need to fix your mindset when you're going through all this. I feel like a lot of times people will take that physical feeling of when they eat something that is so loaded and layered and just, just calorie dense, additive dense, like just, there's so much going on with these meals that you're physically sick. But I feel like what people do sometimes is they take that feeling of being physical sick and then they put it into their, their head of like, I, you know, I'm, I'm physically, I'm sick mentally. They're like, I'm not getting this. I'm failing. And that's, I think where a lot, some of that start and stop mentality comes from. What, what would you have to say about that? Well, yeah. And I think that a lot of people let the, you know, the one bad meal trickle into a few bad meals to a week of bad eating to a month of bad eating. And people tend to just fall off because they don't realize that one bad meal is not, or, you know, not, I don't even want to say the word bad, but one cheat meal or one meal that's out of your normal nutritional plan. That one meal is not going to throw off your entire progress. I'm 71 pounds down from my heaviest weight as of today. Yeah. If I go have McDonald's for dinner tonight, that's not going to put that 71 pounds back on my body. And I think a lot of people don't realize that tomorrow's a new day. And I, I don't call it getting back on plan or getting back on track. If I have a craving for something, I'll fulfill that craving. Yeah. I'll try to find a healthier option for it. Like for me, if I want a burger, I'm a ground turkey girl. I don't eat ground beef anymore. So that's my way of still getting my like burger fix, but doing it in a bit of a healthier way. And it, that, that's what works for me. And everyone has to find what works for them. There's a lot of people. I mean, we both listen to a lot of the same podcasts. There's a lot of people who are successful with Weight Watchers. There's a lot of people who are successful with keto. A lot of people who are successful with just low carb in general. Like you have to find what works for your body. And it's taken me these last two and a half years to finally be like, oh shit, my body needs a gallon of water a day. My body needs at least 30 to 60 minutes of exercise a day, whether that's an active rest day where I'm literally just walking my dog a few times a day, or I'm going to the gym or I'm doing an at-home workout. Like these are things that my body truly does need. Now I am hypothyroid. So my body does work against me, but I like, and I know these things. So I know how to finally get my body to do what I want it to do, which is to lose weight and build muscle and get stronger. And it took, I mean, it took the, the two and a half years of trial and error and, and see that like, that's another thing too, is no matter who you are, you have to figure things out and sort them out for yourself. And that's, that can't be done by just researching. Now, do you need to look into things as you get started and try to figure out what you're doing and can it be helpful to see what other people have done ahead of you? Yes, to a certain yeah. point, but there's also something that has to be part of this where you're, tr you're testing things out on yourself. You are seeing what works. You're seeing what doesn't, you're doing more of the stuff that does work and you're replacing the stuff that doesn't. And it, it really does only take time. Now, one thing what, and, and this has been like, I, I basically kind of go in waves of when I actually bring this up, but it's, I mean, it's always kind of true for me. Like me personally, I don't like, I don't like calling them cheat meals. I don't like saying <clears throat> on the wagon, off the wagon or, or any of that stuff. On but track, I will not say, on track. Right. Yeah. But I, but I will say like, it's funny because when I, uh, there's, there's the overall message that I'm hoping, like if, if I don't, if, if you and I never speak, whoever you is, um, if you take a message of mine, I have to speak in general terms. Now, in general, like, because one thing I'll say is like, hey, you know, don't, you know, don't let the scale rule you. Don't get on the scale. And then some people will be surprised when they talk to me. They'll be like, well, I got on the scale and I was down four pounds compared to where I was yesterday. And I'll be like, that's awesome. You lost, you know, you're down four pounds. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You say don't get on the scale. I'm like, well, in general, I say don't get on the scale if it's going to mess with your head, one. And two, like, you know, you also have to say you, you manipulate this, this, this process you're going through to, you know, really put everything in a positive light. So if you lose four pounds, I don't care if it's water weight, we're going to celebrate it. At the same time, if you go up four pounds because you ate at the Olive Garden and you had the breadsticks, the fettuccine and, and um, the tiramisu and whatever else, you know, then we'll be like, eh water weight it'll go away in a day or two like you know you just but i i think context is very important and i think that you know part of context is is really what you have done you have taken the time to 
to go through this and figure out what works best for you. Now, um, you did say that you lost the weight before using the meal replacement shakes. And you mm-hmm. said something that I thought was interesting. You, you said that, um, you know, at the time you had figured it out. So at that point, did you feel like you were going to be drinking those shakes uh, pretty much every day for, for the long term, Or was it like, yeah. So even, and he, so I call 2012 and 2014 were my super successful weight loss years, uh-huh. um, of losing, you know, like 50 pounds. And then I guess what, seven, 70, somewhere around 60 pounds in those separate years, mind you gaining it back between the, the, the years. But I thought, you know, okay, this is going to be sustainable for me for the rest of my life. And then I realized it's totally not, it's totally not sustainable. And you know, and I don't knock people who use meal replacement shakes. You know, like I said, you have to find what works for you. Yeah. Just like I don't knock the keto people, which I personally can never eat keto because I love carbs. Just my own personal thing right there. What, yeah. uh, I don't know if you know, um, Robert and Crystal Sykes, uh, Keto Savage and the Lady Savage. Um, I actually know Crystal from my hometown. We went to the same church together. Um, they're amazing people and they're doing great on keto and I'm so happy for them. I can never do it. And <laughs> you kind of touched on something earlier when we were talking about like just people, you know, that you follow people that, you know, you want to follow their journey. You want to ask questions, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest pet peeve with people on social media, asking people who have been successful with weight loss. And this is this, you know, this is that super burning important question. Well, it's great that you've lost 71 pounds, Valerie. How long did that take you? You know what I tell them? That's irrelevant. Because it is irrelevant. It doesn't matter how long it's taken me to lose this weight. I, I mean, since my restart, I'm down 56 pounds. That's wonderful. But then I say it's taken me two and a half years, and they're like, oh. Well, I had someone the other day in my DM say, well, why didn't you get weight loss surgery when you were 285? Because I didn't want to because I was just overweight. I've been very lucky. I never had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. I mean, I'm borderline diabetic, but like I never had the other risk factors um, other than just, I was overweight. I was fat. I, I didn't, I had a high BMI, which BMI is a whole nother issue. I'm sure we could get into one day, but I just, I, I can't stand when people say, well, how long did it take you? You know, they'll comment on someone like Gourmet or Gary, or even, you know, yeah, or even Emily, or anyone else that we all follow on Instagram, and they all want to know, well, how long did it take you to lose that amount of weight? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's the fact that we show up every single day, we put the work in, you know, we do the thing. We do the damn thing. And I think people need to stop looking for the quick fixes. And so I feel like a lot of these weight loss companies yes. aim at aim at that. Like all the, it works people, right? The wraps, like you can wrap three inches of your stomach away in 30 days. Like, no, (laughs) sometimes you just want to shake people and be like, who taught you this information? Where are they? Where can I find them? I need to just like slap them or something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and now a couple of things, when you were going this route and you're like, when somebody asked me, how long did it take? It would have been really funny had we been doing like there been a video feed because I'm I literally was like sitting here rubbing my hands together. I'm like, oh, I know what she's gonna say. I know what she's gonna say. <laughs> and you know, I, it's it's really interesting how this how this whole weight loss industry has been built. I, I don't know who was the first person that decided that weight loss needed to be a race. And I I'm a lot like you at meet that person. I I just I want to be like wow i'm not sure exactly how you convinced people to that this was what was most important considering we're talking about something that's going to be lifelong but it has been normalized but and then after you kind of like congratulate them you just want to slap them because it's like so much of i i and it's always been like i i feel like it's always been kind of present since the media really kind of got got hold of um you know this type of message but by the way i mean i I, you know this isn't this is actually stuff that goes back 
I want to say hundreds of years when they, when you first could start seeing information on trying to lose weight and trying to fit into a specific body image and body type. Um, but I just, it, it's, yeah, they, 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 they keep reinforcing the speed thing. And the interesting thing is even though, you know, right now, you know, how to do this, you've, you've, tr- you've done trial and error, you figured stuff out. But the funny part is, is if you get an email from one of those newsletters, cause this still happens to me and it says like lose X amount of pounds in however many weeks in my head, like there's this little thing in the back of my head. that's like, Ooh, we could do that. And then I have to be like, stop it. Shut up. So, do you um, do you remember that when those liposine commercials first came on the air and hydroxy cut and like all of those fat burner oh my gosh. Are, you, are you telling me oh yes i i can i can geek out with you and talk about late 90s early 2000s diet products until the cows come home yes i, do. I was that person i tried the hydroxy cut i tried the liposine this was this is you know circa what 2008 2009 like before yeah. i realized my weight was an issue before i you know, um, knew about my thyroid condition. Cause that went undiagnosed until 2011. So I didn't even know it wasn't until I finally broke down in my doctor's office and was like, I don't get it. I'm doing the thing. I'm, I'm eating like a freaking rabbit. I'm working out twice a day and I'm still not losing any weight. And I begged her, I was like, find me a specialist who can help me. And so she, my primary care doctor found me this amazing endocrinologist. And I was just like, a light bulb went off. And then when I moved to Nevada three years ago, um, I obviously had to get a new endocrinologist and I had a lot of issues, you know, leaving my family for the first time. Uh, my ex-husband and I, we left our hometown. We came to Reno where my brother lives, my stepbrother lives. And that's great. But like, we'd had no friends, you know what I mean? You're starting completely over in a new city, a new town. You're four and a half hours from home. Like, so emotional eating was a big thing for me. Cause I was lonely. I was, I was, t- we were trying to get to know people. We went to dinner a lot. Like doing all of these things. And I remember I got to my new doctor and I said, well, you know, I see an endocrinologist in California, but now that I live here, I need to find someone here. And they're like, oh, there's an eight month wait to see an endocrinologist in Reno. So anyone listening out there who wants to be an endocrinologist and you want a job, come to Reno because we need you. We need dermatologists, but like we need endocrinologists. There's not, there's too many people and not enough doctors. Um, And by the time I got to an endocrinologist, here in Reno and really started working with them, I found out that I had been under medicated for years. Like, cause you're, you're, thi- you're with your thyroid hormone, as your weight changes, your medication dosage needs to change. Whether you gain weight or lose weight, your dosage needs to change. So you feel somewhat normal. I take 150 micrograms right now, every single day. And I probably will for the rest of my life. Obviously the dose may change here and there, but I, if I don't take that medication, by three in the afternoon, I need to go to bed or take like a three hour nap. I will get a headache. I will feel lethargic. Like I am a classic hypothyroidism person. And people always want to throw stuff at you like, oh, try this pill or try this. Like fentramine has been thrown around a lot. And I'm like, I don't want to take anything other than what my body actually needs. I don't want to take like a speed pill or something that's going to burn fat or burn this or burn that. But I mean, I, I mean, I tried all the things growing up. I was eight years old and my stepmom put me on slim fast. Like I've been overweight my entire life, my entire life. And this restart is, I think, I think that's, that's something that, I I mean, I, I think we all are kind of aware of if we grew up, if weight loss was something that was going on um, in our household, like if it was kind of normalized and it started early, now, fortunately for, I mean, for me personally, like my, my parents were not trying to put me on a diet, but my mom was doing diets and, and pills on and off. I mean, it was, it was the thing that you're on a diet, try to lose weight, go off the diet, you know, go back on, try something new. Like that was normalized. And then, I mean, you know, the thing for me when I was a kid, like, that's just, that's how I, um, I was, I was very shy. I was very, I was, I would say, I guess, antisocial as well. And, you know, how I coped was I ate food and drank soft drinks like all the yeah. time. So, but. I, this is the most, since my, re, I call this my restart, right? January 1st, 2017. 
this is the most consistent I've ever been. So I literally went back through my fitness pal and Fitbit app and everything. And I started writing down the January of every year, what my weight was. And I'm sitting here looking at this list as we talk. And it's like, you know, 285, 235, 221, 246, 199, 260, 271, 249, 243, are going in a downward motion. It's not a lot. I mean, it's, it, well, I mean, it's 56 pounds, but it's, it's going down <laughs> to yeah. me. Like that, that in and of itself is such a win. It's such a win. And with this new program that I'm, that I started today, um, the 100 workouts in 100 days, my goal, I'm 214 right now. My goal is to get under 200 by the end of the hundred days. Now, I, of course, I'd like to be at my sweet spot goal of 180. And I put goal in quotes as I'm sitting here talking to you through the screen. But yeah. um, I've, I've always been like, you know, I want to lose 100 to 110 pounds. Okay, well, 180 is 105. So we'll see. And But the thing is, is even if at the end of the 100 days, I'm still 201, I'm still going to be proud of myself. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that, you know, Goal, goals are great to have, right? Like you, you do this with your clients. Goals are great to have. And it could be a weight loss goal. could be a nutrition goal. could be a water goal, whatever. Goals are great. Set small, mini attainable goals, or even as you said, set a goal a little under that, but you have to celebrate each little milestone. And yes, my overall goal is to lose 105 pounds. If I, from my restart of January 1st, 2017, if I reach that goal by the end of this year, awesome. If I reach that goal by the end of 2020, amazing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to beat myself up if I, if I, I'm not giving, I'm not giving myself a time frame to reach this goal. If that makes sense. I don't want to be like, well, I, I, I have to, if I don't do it by this time, I'm a failure. Cause it's not the case. I've steadily been losing weight for two and a half years and that's freaking huge. And I can tell you that, I, I mean, I know it's funny because like some days, you know, may not necessarily feel like it or feel this, this way, but you're so stinking young when it comes to this stuff. And if it takes two years, three years, five years for your, your weight to take care of itself, but then you've got the decades on the other side of that, where you're just like, I, I, you know, the, the biggest thing, and I, I like, I say this a lot, but what all these workouts and, and these eating habits that we're developing are, are really doing is making sure that when we're in our 50s, 60s, and 70s, that we're still really active and that we're still having a really high quality of life. So, like, when you look at the big picture, who, you know, who cares how long it takes to lose the weight? That's why, like, when you said it doesn't matter how long it took me, like, it re- that really is the whole thing. I mean, set goals around stuff that you can actually control and then – you know, if you can look, if, if you want to have goal weights, and again, like what I do when I work with people, I know that they have a goal that they're shooting for. Um, but it usually ends, you know, what I have found is if you focus on the things that are within your control, then the stuff that you can't control will work itself out and it will work itself out faster than than if you fixated on the scale number. So you focus on everything else but the scale, focus on all the other things that you, <laughs> that you, um, that you um, can actually control. You focus on those, the scale works itself out. I'm laughing because I had a client that said she has not eaten a lot of, um, of vegetables this week and last couple of weeks. So her goal for today, she's like, I want to eat something that resembles a fruit or a vegetable. So she had, I think there were some veggies in her soup she was having a broccoli and cheddar potato for dinner. So she sent me a picture and she said, too bad cheese isn't a vegetable. So no, Melissa, <laughs> cheese is not, cheese is not a vegetable, but she, um, to her what point, if you, well, but if you put right. cheese on your broccoli, you're eating a vegetable with cheese. Yeah. See what I did there? You mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You're manipulating it. You, you absolutely have the future of being a coach. Um, Daryl, you need to understand the inner fat kid is still very much alive inside me. Okay. Oh yeah. 
and you know what? That 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 inner fat kid never leaves. Mine hangs out all the time. You know what my inner fat kid was doing when we were talking about the Olive Garden? Eating breadsticks. Eating breadsticks. <laughs> yeah. So I I mean it's you know it it really the weight works itself out. Now you mentioned two interest like two interesting cases of, of people that we follow and that we interact with. Now Gormy, I I know from talking to him, I mean, and he's very open about the struggles that he's had. Gormy's case is not I mean, he has has dealt with some serious stuff and has uh, a has some some a relationship with food that he needed to fix. And for him, keto has worked. Like it really really has. And he is just kind of seeing again, like I'm kind of tap dancing with what I'm saying because even though like I talked to like I talk to him fairly regularly and I've had him on here and I'm a huge, like we, we encourage each other on the stuff that we do. Like, I don't know the ins and outs of Gourmet, but I know that he found something that fixed with him and I, that, that works for him and he works extraordinarily hard. So like, he's the case if somebody says, well, you know, keto is, you can't, I don't see how anybody can eat keto. And I'm like, well, you know, this guy has, and this is what he's been able to do because of this plan that works for him. Um, by the same token, you know, I'll see somebody else that's kind of following keto and they're like, okay, I've lost, I've lost X amount of pounds and, you know, whatever, six months, a year or whatnot. And then, you know, my question is always going to be, and like, I hate, I almost hate asking it because it sounds like su- such a dick question is, okay, so what are you going to, you've done it for a year, which is awesome. Are you going to be able to eat this way for the rest of your life? Like the success you've had to this point is amazing. I just, yeah. I hope like if somebody, if, if you ask, like, can you eat this way for the rest of your life? Everybody's going to say yes. I'm just, I'm hoping that they really can. And, I was that person. I was that yeah. person. And I think in sometime in, uh, I started the shakes in 2012, sometime in 2015, I stopped drinking them. Yeah. And it's just, it was more, I had done more research um, and I had just realized that it wasn't sustainable for me long-term. Do I, I mean, and, and even in the, you know, 2012 to 2015, 2016 time, like those four years, I wasn't always 100% consistent um, with drinking, you know, my breakfast and my lunch shakes, but I was, I was mainly consistent. Um, And even in my, you know, successful years of 2012 and 2014, I was really successful. Um, But I just, and for me, like the weight didn't come back on because I stopped the shakes. The weight came back on because I never dealt with what was going on in my head. Right. I never dealt with my relationship with food. I never realized that like I was an emotional eater and it, it took, this journey is about so much more than a goal weight or a goal size or fitting into a certain dress or getting fit for a certain event, like a, a wedding or I don't know, whatever event you have in mind, a, cl- a high school reunion. Okay. Um, anything like that. Is that if you, d- they say this all the time, if you don't deal with what's going on in your head, it doesn't matter how much you work out. It doesn't matter how healthy, healthily you eat. If you don't deal with what's going on in your head, you're not going to be successful at this journey. You're not going to reach your goals. Well, it's not going to happen. You you have to deal with what got you to where you are, and you're right. And it is one thing I'll say about Gourmet is he's very he he's very thoughtful and and knows what's going on in his head, and he can describe every. It seems like every weight loss situation he's been in, like he can describe it in detail what he was thinking, what he was feeling. Um, Definitely. You know, but he also, the other thing is he's also going to the gym regularly. He's also, mm-hmm. you know, like he's sticking to his, his eating plan as best he can. He's had some hiccups here and there, but he, he gets right back to it. And, you know, again, I don't know his, the ins and outs of what he did. I can tell you with Emily, you will not find someone that works any harder than Emily. And she, she really, what what time is she getting up in the morning? Like her videos is pitch black. She's yeah. She's up before the sun. Here's the thing. Her, 
her schedule and her uh, like just everything between work, kids, fitness, you know, and, and she and her husband, which by the way, they just celebrated their anniversary, their anniversary. I did see that. Yeah. They're so cute. Happy anniversary, Emily and Lou. Um, Yay. But you know, like, it's so funny if, if you just, I, I think if most people saw how, what she was dealing with, they would just be like, I give up. Like, I couldn't do that. But she really, she, she looked at what she could make a priority. She got to the point where she was really honest with herself on what she needed to do more of, what she needed to do less of. But like, she worked it. And because she was focusing on all the stuff that she was doing workout wise, you know, the weight really, really was taking, was coming off, but it was because she was, she was in a calorie deficit every day. She, for mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much every day, honestly. And then, you know, she was doing the workouts and now it's not as much about weight loss for her. I mean, she's going, she's jumping into running because she loves running and, you know, it's just, you find the stuff that you like to do and you focus on what's within your control and you just, you just see where it takes you. So Are you, Daryl, are you a runner at all? Have you ever been a runner? I have. So here's the interesting thing about me and we will, (laughs) I'll, I'll make this quick, uh, but you and you and I will definitely be doing more podcasts. I see. Um, (laughs) But like I, I've done, um, I've done some five K's. I did the one 10 K at the flying pig that I mainly walked, uh, but I've Mm -hmm. actually done some, running coaching before so when you would have people we ran a um we had a walk run group at a church that i was with for a few years and i was leading the folks that were coming in and like they had never really ran before so first thing i did because you know wanted to get people used to the distance i didn't i i was familiar with how couch to 5k ran it i'm like yeah we're not going to really focus i mean we'll we'll start working on you know pace and time But first thing we're doing, like we're walking three miles. Like I didn't tell them the Mm -hmm. distance we were doing because the first year we did, like the first year I did it because we would start this in January. um, I told people what we were doing and they like some, a couple of them left. So (laughs) I know, I no longer, (laughs) I no longer did that. But uh, what I would do is I would say, okay, we're going to go out. We're going to see how this, this goes. And then we just so happened from where the church was like, um, you know, four miles from the church, like, um, four miles total. So about two miles from the church was a Panera bread. So, you know, and then if you wanted to go almost exactly a mile and a half was a first watch. So for the first few weeks, like they were doing the distance and like, basically they were just walking so we could get a breakfast. But then what we were doing is we were timing this the entire time. Um, they, um, you know, they, they would start, getting better with their, their time from walking. And then we would start looking at different ways of doing intervals and, you know, we'd get them, get them from couch to 5k relatively quickly. But to answer your question, I, I walk a 5k pretty much every day now. I'm probably not going to do any longer distances than that. Uh, but I, I Oh, come on. Do a half marathon with me. (laughs) No, I'll tell you what, you can, you can come to the flying pig next year. You can take part in the flying pig and I will absolutely cheer you on and uh enjoy all of uh watching all of my friends that did the 10k this year that thought it was going to be a good idea to do the 10 and the 5 next year um we're going <laughs> to watch them kill themselves so yeah if you want to come here and do a half marathon and kill yourself then you know what valerie I'm, you can be my one you can be my one person cheering squad uh, no uh, see well that's the cool thing about this group that we have is we had people coming and everybody was from instagram and mm-hmm. we, we all met up and we all, uh, the, the cool thing was because for me with the 5k, like my finish time was well beyond what anybody else's was. And they all waited for me. Like it was, it was so Aww. cool, like to, to just have that happen and, and to have that finish. But, but this year we're actually a lot more organized because this past year it was Gary and I, so you got a couple of dudes trying to organize everything. Um, but we learned, oh, yeah. Well, I can just imagine. Yeah. So we, we, learned, we learned a lot. We've got some people that are in our, uh, in our group now that have kind of helped us uh, keep things organized, but yes, folks will be coming in on Thursday 
Thursday and Friday, it's kind of like a free day or whatever, get into town. And then Friday night, we've got a place where we're going to meet up the place where we met up on Saturday night after the race. Uh, it's this Cincinnati pizza place, ice cream place next to it. And then the Cincinnati chili place there as well. So it's kind of like all the things that Cincinnati is known for, at least the, the uh, chain restaurant type things. So they're all in one place. So we've got places for Friday night and Saturday night, but it's going to be a chance for folks to, uh, to hang out and then also, uh, you know, run some races like the half marathon that you're volunteering yourself to do. <laughs> so I've done, I've done three half marathons. Um, yeah. I did all my half marathons with team and training. Okay. Um, I lost my mom to leukemia in 2005. So I always wanted to do something kind of in her honor. Yeah. I did my first half. I did San Luis Obispo in April, 2015. I did, um, the Nike women's half in San Francisco uh, in October, maybe that sounds good. October, 2015, that one, I actually tore my labrum in my hip, um, during my training. (laughs) So I could not run. So let me just paint this picture for you real quick. So torn labrum, all my coaches know that I had torn this. Everyone in the organization of team and training knew I tore this. So there was like my, my coach told all the other coaches, like, see this picture this is this woman her name is Valerie do not let her run you see her run you pull her off the damn course um so I walked a half marathon in San Francisco it took me over four hours maybe even four and a half like with that it was the single most this was the single most stupidest thing I've ever done in my life because San Francisco is very hilly (laughs) very hilly yeah that's what it's known for I mean but okay, but let me just paint this for you. So at the end of the at the end of the Nike women's half, they don't do it anymore. But at the very end, you get your finisher's medal is a Tiffany's necklace given to you by a fireman in a suit. Well, that's why I did the damn thing. <laughs> okay, like let's. It was cool to raise money for Leukemia Lymphoma Society. It was cool to be part of a team, but uh, I got a Tiffany's necklace that I didn't have to pay for. So that was handed to you by a fireman in a. In a suit or in a suit. Well, you know what? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think we just want to remind Do you fully un- we want to remind you fully understand why I did this, right? Well, we want to remind everyone that's listening to find their why. And you apparently found your why. <laughs> well, and then in uh in so I was supposed to do the Tinkerbell half in twenty sixteen, but my ex and I moved to Reno like the weekend before, and that was just too much. Um, so I didn't I did it in twenty seventeen. Um, but that Reno doesn't have a team in training. I'm actually trying to hook up with some people from the Bay area to try to get one started here. Um, they have one in Vegas, but Vegas is eight hours away. I'm not going to go to Vegas to do my training. Um, so I did like what's called a flex member where you train on your own. Well, I didn't train very much. <laughs> like, so for a half marathon is 13.1 miles. You're supposed to train up to 12 miles. Okay. Yeah. I had a really bad plantar fasciitis flare. Also, at this time in, in my journey in 2017, I was 250 pounds at this point, maybe 255, trying to run. Okay, that's a lot on your body. And I had a really bad plantar fasciitis flare, so I only trained up to seven miles. Race day came, and I was like, I really want to run at Disneyland. I really want the pretty Tinkerbell medal. Like, I'm just going to push myself. But mind you, Disneyland, Disney races have a time limit because you get there so darn early in the morning, but they still have to open the park that day. Right. So they have to get in and out by a certain time. It was a 16 minute mile pace. Um, which, so it's, it's four miles an hour, which, okay, you know, I can run, walk and I'll, I'll be good. I, I did it. I finished the race. Everything was good. My ex and I walked back to the car. I took my shoes off to put my sandals on and my foot started immediately swelling. I had four stress fractures in my foot. Oh my gosh. So I got my medal. I got my damn medal, but then I ended up with a walking boot for six weeks after. <laughs> that is. Well, needless to say, if I come out for Flying Pig next year and I do the half marathon, I'm going to start training tomorrow. <laughs> so that way, like, I'll be fully trained by then. I don't want to have well, any, no, you know. No, here's the, I, I was, I was saying that like, you know, we'd all be sitting there watching you finish the half. We're really going to be sitting, like, we're going to be standing at various points of the half marathon course to make sure you're not doing anything crazy. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know what? I fully, I firmly appreciate that. That's probably a very wise decision on y'all's part. Be like, do you need anything? Do we need to get some oxygen? Do we need a walking boot? Like what, what's going on right now? How are you feeling? That's right. <laughs> 
we'll have to. You do, yeah, you might need a running buddy. That that might that might have to happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna convince Emily to do it with me. I don't think that would be too difficult. I don't think that. Would That's be too the thing. Difficult. Like with with running, I tell you, you get like, and I think she's got it. She's got the running bug. I mean, you, you just th- you get you that. Think? It's just... Oh yeah, she's totally <laughs> got the running bug. No, I I mm-hmm. believe me, I. I've, I, I've, I briefly have experienced the running bug and then, yeah, but, but no, she, she actually, in all seriousness, that, that would be cool because I, she's already signed up, I believe. So she'll be here. Okay. Well, and you know what? We might as well, I mean, can we just volunteer Crystal as well? Um, (laughs) I'm laughing because Crystal said He's been posting all about her runs lately. Crystal said something on Facebook about wanting to run a half marathon. Let me see. Let me actually check this. Oh, Crystal. I'm telling you, we're just going to volunteer everybody. And then you and Gary can be our cheering squad. That's right. Listen to that, Gary. We don't have to do anything. Wait, can we get Gary to do a half marathon? Do you think we could do that? Don't do that to Gary. I, I, you probably could. I would ask him. Okay, but if I asked him to like do some DDP yoga for 13 miles, he could probably do that. I think he probably could. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure this out, Gary. We're gonna figure this out. Don't worry. So yeah, she put she posted. Let's see when is this? This is the registration for the Columbus Half Marathon. That's right, Crystal. I'm creeping on your Facebook page while we're recording a podcast. <laughs> All right, let's see. When is this? Come on. Registration is now open. Great. Oh, here we go. Official countdown. 82 days. See, is that right? 82 days? That's like a few, that's only a few months away. That's right. really soon. She needs, to, yeah, she, you know what? She just needs to, she really just needs to do this one at the Flying Pig. Why not? Oh, goodness. All right. So, yeah, well, that's what we'll work on. Um <laughs> We've just thrown all of our friends under the bus at one time. So, and, and here's the other thing that I want to point out as we celebrate our victories. And uh, this, here's what's funny, guys. This wasn't going to be a long podcast. Ha. <laughs> and two, and secondly, um, we've been going on anchor for 40 minutes on the second time through. So we're celebrating all the victories right now. So with that because i know you you actually still have some stuff that you need to do tonight so you know i do yeah i have a 15 month old nephew that's waiting for me to uh come hang out with him while my brother and sister-in-law go to dinner so (laughs) so yeah we will go ahead for now and we will wrap this up but yes valerie i i have a feeling you're going to be coming back and you can come on to this podcast again or i could come on to your podcast now do yeah, 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 we can, uh, we can, we can make that work somehow, Daryl. Thanks. We, we absolutely <laughs> can. We absolutely can. So, and it was funny because she, Valerie, wasn't sure if she wanted to tell people about like the podcast that she started today with this hundred workout challenge. So she's like, you know, but I, I guess if it's just brought up, I, I guess I wouldn't have much of a choice. So yeah, you, <laughs> you don't have much of a choice. Um, it is sweating underscore yeah. until underscore happy. Uh, 100 on Spotify mm-hmm. and you better believe that you know we'll be sharing that too so <laughs> yeah I just I don't know today was just one of those days like the program was starting day one of 100 I woke up and I was like I had been, you know I listened to your podcast obviously I listened to Gary I listened to M yeah. a couple other different people that I've listened to Gourmet and I'm just at this point I'm like I have a story to tell like sure why not if anything it's 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 an audio journal for me starting from day one to day 100. And I don't know how often I'll, I'll make a podcast. We'll kind of just see how it goes. Obviously life happens. I have some travel coming up soon, but if anything, like it, it's a, it's an audio journal. It's a, it's something I can look back on. It's something that maybe can hopefully inspire some other people as well. Um, I'm one of those people I don't hold back obviously <laughs> in terms of talking about different topics. So well, 97% of the time it's going to be me rambling, but you know, it's, my rambling might actually make sense to a few people. So why not? Well, I, I think the big thing is, is look, you've got this built in thing where literally for the next hundred days, you have something to talk about. Yes. The biggest thing with podcasting 
is just getting into the rhythm and routine of doing it. And, you know, if you, it, it's like, you know, you're, are you going to podcast every day for the next hundred? Probably not. But I guarantee you, if you end up putting out 70 well, podcasts, go ahead. Thanks. What? Now I'm going to have to prove you wrong. Thanks. No, no, no. <laughs> Good Lord. This is how, this is how you end up getting stress fractures. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, but, but you've got something that you're working through right now. So you're going to start putting podcasts out around that. And then you'll like, cause it'll, this happens to me. This happens to Gary. This happens to everybody. Like you'll be sitting there and you'll be like something will or creep into your mind. You'll be like, Oh, I could do a podcast about that. That's how it starts. Exactly. So, and if you, if you really want to be a podcast superstar and just be like, breaking the internet we really could get you on mr willie gillis's podcast that's oh i have listened to mr willie gillis's podcast so uh yeah that's I uh i mean literally you you got you, you got everything laid out right in front of you i mean i i fully you could because Emily thought the way that she did this was really cute and, and, and really subtle and really hilarious. What you could do when we get off of the phone here is you could send a DM to Gary. You could send a DM to Willie. You could send a, a DM to Emily who thinks she's retiring from podcasting. You'd be like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> be like, hey, I would love to come on your podcast, but you know what? I would like to have you on mine. So, mm -hmm. you know. You got, man, you have so many options on these podcasts. My goodness. We'll just, we'll see, we'll see. What is it? The world is my oyster. I can't eat them, but we'll see where it takes me. Because, <laughs> yes, the shellfish allergy, which will be something yeah. that we will touch on next time. But for now, Valerie, I will let you go. This has been, this has been a hilariously fun episode. What a day, Daryl. What a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, you know. I, I, I'm exhausted. I'm going to have to take a deep breath from this. My goodness. You weren't even going to do a podcast. Now look at you. Uh, I know. I yeah. know. This is all your fault. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I get blamed. I know. I get blamed for this. <laughs> podcast for sure. So we all, for, we all blame you, Daryl. We, you're the culprit behind all of this. We know I, you're the mastermind. I, you know what? I, I could, I'm fine with that. I'm fine for being known <laughs> for that. So for any of you guys in the meantime, now Instagram is the best place to get in touch with you, right? Yes. Instagram is my home. It's where I'm at most of the time. Um, you can find me sweating underscore until underscore happy underscore. Um, shoot me a DM comment on some of my crazy posts. I do post a lot of dog pictures. So if you like a Corgi, feel free to come take a look at biscuit. She's adorable. I have so much more that I could say about this now that we're talking about dogs, but I will not, <laughs> I will let you go. Thank you so much for coming on and I will. Thanks for having me, Daryl. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye.